friends, welcome to another episode of Strength for Today with your host here, Eric Dykstra. Well, I am so excited that we get to discuss further today the kingdom of God. And on Monday, we looked at some of the Psalms in which are a great demonstration of God's power uh, being revealed through the spirit of the psalmist David. And it's just incredible to me that when you look back in the Old Testament, you could see that these individuals lived life from a different kingdom, a different perspective, and they were able to accomplish things that they really had no right and no business uh, accomplishing apart from the strength and the wisdom of who God was in their lives. And so today we are going to look at two incredible passages from the New Testament. One from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, talking about um, how we discern through the Spirit and how we are able to access a wisdom that only comes through the Spirit of God. And we know that our spirit is the place that Christ dwells. And when we are in communion and in relationship with Christ, he unlocks this wisdom from his kingdom that we have access to. And the second one is from Matthew chapter 6. And it's just an incredible passage that begins to help us understand what it means to yoke ourselves to our king, that is Jesus. And so we are going to just jump right into those today. And I just want to encourage you again from Monday that Psalm 27 is an incredible psalm that talks about coming to this place in life where the one thing that you seek is truly the Lord. And in Psalm 23, we ended, which is a psalm that's often familiar to us, about the Lord leading us into green pastures and making us to lie down and rest when our bodies, our spirit, our emotions need rest. And it's just an incredible depiction of the power of a good shepherd leading us and guiding us and preparing a place for us, even in the place of our enemies knowing that the enemy uh, armies and uh, enemies can't come around us because of the protection and the provision of our loving God. We saw in Psalm 34, uh, where David says, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And we did a little exercise where we uh, just imagined what it smelled like, our, our favorite food and what it tasted like. And our God is not a God that just wants to give us information about who he is, but he wants us to actually touch and experience this kingdom that is all throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And he's not a God that hides himself. He even sent his son so that he could physically be present and enter into our world and to know that we are his beloved child. So these are incredible passages. Uh, today, let's just jump right into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is really key in how we begin to operate in the new kingdom that uh, Jesus came to unveil. I want to start by just reading the first couple of verses. As we've talked about Paul in past episodes, this is one of my favorite chapters that I get really excited about uh, beginning to teach and beginning to talk about. Because listen to what he starts this off with. He says, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So Paul's really saying, I don't come with this eloquent speech. I don't come with a superior sense of 
uh, wisdom to try to convince you or persuade you of something. What Paul's saying, he's like, I don't come to you with anything really other than knowing Jesus and proclaiming his death, his resurrection, and he, him as the way of life that he talked about in the gospel of John. And then he says, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. These are incredible verses by the apostle Paul. And I love what he says is that uh, these didn't just come with a message of plausible wisdom, but he actually came demonstrating the power of God. We saw this in the life of Jesus as well, is that he was able to do things like heal people and uh, forgive people of sins, deliver people from their oppression and demonic oppression, because he carried the power and the authority that had been given to him through his father. And now he's saying, I've come to demonstrate this to you. And he goes on talking about the maturity of the believer. Maturity is something that we're going to get into in season two in the different stages of how a person matures on a lot of levels, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well. And he says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So Paul kind of giving us insight into where he gets his source of strength and where he gets his source of wisdom. And he says it can't be found in the world. It can't be found from the worldly kingdoms or trying to strive or perform or um, to get the applause of men in order to obtain it. He says, no, it only comes through Christ. He says, and we impart this wisdom to those who are wise and who have a humble heart and who are willing to receive it. And he says, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I love what Paul says here is that the rulers of the ages can't comprehend and understand and even begin to operate from this wisdom because their heart is not surrendered and yielded to the true kingdom, the one true kingdom in which every other kingdom gets its source of life and um, purpose from. Because this is God's kingdom that we are living in. And it's what Jesus came to demonstrate to us. And I love this. And he says, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined what God has prepared for them for those who love him. And I want to take you back just to the time when I began to really uh, move forward and take some steps of action in terms of creating the content and learning the technology side of how to do podcasts and YouTube channels back in last, no, uh, last November of 2021. And it was a, a point in my life where things had finally culminated. And I mentioned early on that there was a group of people in a group that I had joined that really began to activate things in my spirit and it just opened up my ability to hear the Lord uh, it, it just gave me a model and an example of people who are stepping out and just trying some incredible things that 
they wouldn't be able to do without the help of the Lord. And I just really felt at that time that this was something the Lord was wanting me to do. And so I started learning it and I started recording some things and then just getting familiar with the editing stuff that stuff that needs to go on in terms of getting it, um, you know, ready to go and out there so that you guys can view it. And uh, this is just something that as I've gone throughout the last four months of creating content and recording it and uh, writing outlines and doing all the things that need to be done, the editing process, the Lord has done so much in me and just changed me in so, so, uh, such tremendous ways uh, that if I hadn't just stepped out and taken the first step, I wouldn't have had all of this incredible stuff happening within my heart. And the Lord beginning to open up new doors, new avenues to be able to express what I feel like God has called me to and put into my heart to release to people. And this comes back to really what Paul is saying here, that God has things that we've not heard or seen or even imagined in our heart, but who God, he has prepared for those who love him. And I was took courage in this verse because I knew that I love the Lord with all my heart. And if he has good things for me, and if I were to step out in his kingdom, I would begin to hear things and see things and speak things that are not of this world. And that has been true for me. One morning I was going to work. I don't know if it was in December or January. And I was just reflecting with the Lord. I was processing with the Lord. I'd been listening to some incredible stuff. And the Lord just brought to mind the parable of uh, the wedding at Cana when Jesus turned the water into wine. And I had been kind of in the season in my life and in this point in my life, thinking about hearing the Lord's voice at a deeper level. And the image that the Lord had given me was of a person that had placed their ear to the ground, listening for the sounds and the vibrations that could only be heard by pressing our ear and getting in a low posture to the ground. And as the Lord had been speaking to me about this, he brought this um, story to mind where his mother had asked him to turn or to do what he could in order for them to have more wine. Because uh, if the wine had run out, the, um, the, the two people who were getting married would have been feeling probably shame and guilt, and they would have run out of things for the guests to drink. And these weddings went usually a week long. And it had only been a couple days. And so the Jesus' mother comes to him and asks him to do this. And the Lord started to speak to me about this parable. And he was talking to me about how in this season of my life, the best things are yet to come. Just like at the end of this reception, Jesus turns this water into wine, something sweet, something that the guests would enjoy. And what did the people notice about this wine? That they had turned into one, some of the best wine they had ever had. And they questioned him and they said, why did you save this until the end? Because most people serve the best up front. You see, this is a demonstration of the way God's kingdom works. Last week, we showed you that illustration where God's kingdom is often upside down. And what the Lord began to speak as I was driving to work that morning 
is I just began to pray. I said, God, I give you my ear. Would you open it to a new degree where I can hear your voice? And all of the sudden, as I was about 10 minutes away from work, my ears just started to get this sense of tingling in them. And I felt this sense of power and energy going to my ears and they were just tingling the rest of the way to work. And it was like they were being open, not only in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. Because the, what I heard in those next 10 minutes was direct communication coming from the heart of God being ministered into my heart from the heart or from the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I can remember throughout the course of that day, throughout the day, this tingling didn't go away. And it was like I could hear things in the physical realm that I normally couldn't hear. And, and, and this isn't something that I, I'm trying to be weird with, but it was just something that God was doing and showing me tangibly that your ears are being open to a new level. And the things you're going to begin to hear in my word and from my heart is going to be heightened and increased because you're now experiencing a new part of my kingdom and a new part of who I am and how I want to communicate with you. And I believe that's an illustration that the Lord has for us today. And the reason he brought this parable to my mind too, is that I just saw this image of like Jesus turning the wine or the water into wine. And it was like being poured into my ear as I was hearing the Lord talk to me about this story in scripture it was like I had this image in my mind of it, the word of God going into my ear as water. And the, um, John 4 and John 7 talk about the living water and how when we read the word of God, it's like a fresh river bubbling up inside of us. And there's so much imagery in scripture of the living word being like living water to our soul so that we don't thirst anymore. And it was like, as I was listening to God and receiving his words in my ear, they were going in as the living water. And as they entered into my mind and into my heart and got into my spirit, it was like Jesus snapped his finger and said, now they've become wine. They are sweet. They are precious. They are in you. The best is yet to come. And as you receive my words, the living water comes in as living water and it's turned into something sweet because it mixes with your spirit and the truth gets inside of you. And I just felt like this was a tangible thing that the Lord wanted me to taste that day of saying, Eric, I have opened your ears and I appreciate that you have opened your ear to me and listened to my voice. And throughout the next several days, this kept just kind of happening throughout the day where I'd get this tingling in my ear as I began to listen and pray and read his word. And as I was listening to worship, it was like when the noise began to fade, I could just hear all these vibrations around me. And the Lord was opening up the new way for me to be able to hear him. And Paul says in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 2, that these things God has revealed to us through the spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of the person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God.
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Several times Jesus was going throughout his ministry in teaching people. And he said, if you have an ear to hear, let him hear. Because faith, it said in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes through hearing the word. And so a key to the kingdom of having the kingdom activated in your life is by hearing the voice of God, by hearing his word, which produces faith in you to take action and to actually do the things that God has called you to do. But we mentioned this in the kingdom as well, the difference between doing and being. In God's kingdom, we are first being with God. And it's an intimate relationship that produces the influence or our leadership or the fruit of our lives. Our doing comes from being. And in the world, we try to get our sense of being from actually doing the things that the, we think the Lord is requiring of us. But here is a great illustration. He says that spiritual things can only be understood in our spirit. And that for me was key when I started to get around this when we moved out to Colorado and started applying ourselves to hear things and to see things in the word that couldn't be seen or heard through just our physical eyes and our physical ears. And God begins to produce a hunger in you to seek more of his kingdom, to seek more of who he is. And as you do, he begins to give you greater revelation, greater understanding, and greater wisdom to apply what he's saying to you so that it could produce a hundredfold. When your heart is the hundredfold soil and it's willing and has a posture to receive everything that God has, so much more comes out of us because we are first filled up by God himself. And then it's released to flow out of us into the world around us. And he says, the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So many times in life, I try to see, I see people trying to understand the world and to bring in solutions through their own effort and through their self-motivation. Uh, but when the Lord is the one who is birthing these things inside of us and creating things and giving us his ideas and giving us his ways and his strategies and his words to use, things just have a natural ability to come forward. And it's accelerated. It's uh, got favor, you have permission, you're energized, you're passionate, you're intentional, you're responsible. These are all words of the kingdom when we're in alignment under the true king, and that is Jesus. And he says this to end it, that the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And bring this back to even how infants' brains form. 
because the the way they form and the way they learn to think, the way they learn to experience emotions is by observing what they see in other people. And that's the way you and I have been formed. And I can't think of a better way than to look into the word of God, to look into the very face of God and to see who he is in all of his fullness, all of his glory. And then we begin to reflect that back to the world around us. And I love what Paul observed here. He says, we have the mind of Christ. Who knows the mind of God other than the very spirit that lives within us, the Holy Spirit. We have access to the Father's Son who beholds all wisdom. And the Holy Spirit counsels us and comforts us and is an advocate for us. He wants to see your well-being. He wants to see your wholeness. And so they are going to do everything that they can, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to equip you, to empower you, to um, exhort you, and to allow you to thrive in life, to be energized on a daily basis. This is the strength of the Lord that comes through, but it's not in a worldly way. It is through wisdom that is unlocked through an intimate relationship with Christ. And I want to transition here into Matthew chapter 11, and this is where we're going to close today. But it's a passage that if you're familiar with scripture, you've probably read several times in terms of what it means to yoke ourselves with Christ. I loved this analogy of two ox that were yoked together in order to pull something to plow up the field. Because what one ox couldn't complete, when another ox is in a yoke with it, it is able to have more capacity to accomplish the task at hand. And they are able to pull and to bear a much greater burden than they are on their own. And that's the image here in Matthew 11, starting at verse 25, that Jesus is teaching us about. And he says, this is what it's like when you come under, uh, when you come into alignment with who I am and with the ways of my father's kingdom, listen to these words and be encouraged by them today. He says, at that time, Jesus declared that I thank you, father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, father, for such was your gracious will. His gracious will is to reveal them to us, having childlike faith and being able to receive them in their fullness. But they've been hidden from those who claim to be wise in their own strength. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son, and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. This is a key to understanding God's kingdom, that everything in terms of authority has been given over to the son. By who? By his father. And he says, no one knows me except those who know the father. And no one knows the father except if they come to me. And as they begin to know me, I reveal the father to them. But it's not up to us to understand these things. It is up to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to make them known. And throughout all of scripture, it says 
that they are willing and they desire to show you these things and to give access to you to this wisdom that is unlocked through the person of Jesus Christ. And he says, no one can come to them uh, unless I choose to reveal them to him. So one of my simple prayers all the time is just, Jesus, would you show me or reveal to me what I'm longing to know? And I may have something very specific that I'm searching for or seeking. And I'll just ask, Jesus, would you reveal this to me? And so many times the Lord has been kind and gracious. He reveals these things to us. And then he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is a great promise that I think we all need today is this ability to rest because we tend to get overwhelmed. We tend to carry things that we were never intended to carry. And that was what Jesus came into the world to do. Remember Luke 4 and Isaiah 61, where Jesus said he came to give us freedom from oppression, that he came to heal the sick. He came, his mission, his identity, his lifestyle, was to take these things from us and remove them so that his yoke is easy and his burden is not heavy. And for so many of us, we feel like his burden is this heavy thing that we can't get out from under and there's just a ton of weight to it. Well, today Jesus is inviting us. He's inviting you to yoke up with him and his kingdom. And as you do, you're going to feel a sense of lightness come over you, a sense of peace settle into your heart, and a new sense of hope that's going to emerge in your thinking and your seeing and your speaking. This is good news. It's really good news for you and I. And he says, take my yoke upon you. See the hand of the Father reaching out to you today, saying, take my yoke on you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You see, Jesus won't send us into places that he hasn't been before. That's often a key leadership principle that I share with so many people is that you can't lead someone somewhere you have never been or something that you've never experienced and you can't give those things away. So our greatest ministry is giving away who we are giving away the lessons that we've learned through hardship and through suffering and the mistakes that we've made and beginning to live life from that and allowing the Father to shape us and to mold us and to redeem us back into right relationship with him because his heart is for us to bear fruit and to experience the fullness of who he is and the fullness of his kingdom. He's gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I just feel like that's a message that someone needs to hear today. That his burden is light. That his yoke is easy. Go back and read Luke chapter 4 and Isaiah 61. And just invite the Lord Jesus to be those things for you whether you need to be delivered from something, whether you need uh, uh, woundedness and brokenness to be restored in your life. I just want to read this in a different translation as well. 
And I don't often really read the message, but I do like to come to it at times because I think there's beauty in some of the ways that it paraphrases some things um, that just really helps settle something in my heart or see a different side of this that maybe I hadn't thought about before that would unlock this ability for me to have the wisdom to apply it. And I just want you to hear this in the message translation. It says, abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from the sophisticates and know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. And I love that word, tenderly. It says, Jesus continued to talk with the people tenderly. This is a side of Jesus that I always see being demonstrated, is that he's tender. His tender mercies are new every morning. So imagine Jesus just being tender with who you are and what's going on in your life. And he says, the father's given me all these things to do and say, this is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. So a father-son uh, operation that only comes forward between the father and the son's intimacy. He says, no one knows the son the way the father does nor the father the way the son does, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. And I loved how they termed that, that he's willing to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Again, placing an emphasis on the ability to listen. And then he says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. He's simply inviting you to just come away, to get away from all the noise and the distractions, and to just be with him, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He says, come to me, and you'll recover your life. So as we come and draw near to him, we, get, we recover our life, our identity, our mission, our lifestyle of yoking ourselves with him. And he says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. So his invitation is to walk with him and he'll lead you into rest. And he's not saying, figure it out. He's saying, come and work with me, practice with me. And I'll show you, I'll teach you how to do it. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that terminology, unforced rhythms of grace. Learn them. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Does that, that sound like what we just read in Isaiah 561 in Luke chapter four? He says, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I love that. Just keeping company with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as you do that, he says that you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So let me pray to close out our week of blessing over you. And I pray that you'll come back and join us next week because I've got some incredible things that I want to share with you more about the way his kingdom works, more about the environment that is created around us when we're living from his kingdom. 
in, in earlier this week or last week, we talked about relationships and we're going to hit on what relationships look like in the kingdom and how they're based out of love and joy as opposed to fear. So that's what's ahead next week. Let me pray a blessing over you as we leave. Father, I thank you for each and every person here this week who's committing their ear to hear you, who's committed themselves to seeing you at a new level, who's committed to speaking the way that a kingdom messenger, a kingdom ambassador would speak that represents your kingdom. God, I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when Paul said that you are a new creation that you are an ambassador of the kingdom, that you are made righteous through the work of Jesus. Now go out and spread the good news of this kingdom. He said, you are an ambassador of the kingdom and something that an ambassador carries is something called imminent domain. And that means that the other kingdoms, the other foreign countries can't touch you because you have been given protection and provision from the, the source, the king or the leader that has commissioned and sent you. And so I'm just seeing an image of if you're listening, if you're watching, that you are an ambassador of his righteousness, that you are seen as holy, that you are worthy, that you are significant, that you are valuable to his kingdom. And I just bless you and give you permission in the name of Jesus to go forward in your world and to be an ambassador of this kingdom because the king loves you and he's given you everything that you need according to life and godliness. I pray that you would taste and see him this week and in the weeks to come, that you don't just get information, but you come to know him, that you begin to get wisdom. The one thing that you begin to seek in life would be his face and his favor. And as you seek him, he becomes more evident in your life, giving you wisdom, giving you new ideas, giving you fresh revelation of what's happening in your world and the things that you need to be doing and accomplishing because he's called you to them. Lord, I pray that you would lead every one of us by green pastures. Lord, that you would guide us as the good shepherd does, leading us beside still waters, Lord because that is your heart and that is your desire. Lord, and I pray oh, that the weapons we choose to fight with are not weapons uh, of this world, but they're of your spiritual kingdom through prayer, through worship, through reading of your word, Lord. And I pray that we would not be conformed to the image of this world, but that we would be conformed to your kingdom your ways and your words, Lord. And as we do this, more grace is imparted to us that we would receive wisdom, Lord, that we would not be destroyed and perish because of a lack of knowledge, as Hosea said. And I pray more than anything that Jeremiah 33 verses two and three that we looked at the other day would become a living reality in us, that you would reveal things to us that we didn't know, that we don't have access to other than through your spirit. And I pray that as we read today in 1 Corinthians 2, that we would just be filled with this sense of wisdom, of knowing things uh, as a child, that you would build childlike faith in us to receive and to see you for who you are. And Lord, I pray 
that the goodness of your heart would be poured out into every one of us and that you would enlarge our heart, that you would enlarge our mind, that you would enlarge our spirit to walk in the newness of life, to hear you in new profound ways. God, speak into our hearts today. We love you and we pray these things in your son's wonderful name. Amen. I hope you'll come back next week and join me as uh, I've got some just great things, like I said, that I think the Lord is going to want you to, to hear, to experience. But for today, God bless you and may God fill you with his strength today to overcome what's ahead and to have the resilience and the endurance that is only available in the person of Jesus. God bless.